What is up, everybody? Welcome back. It is Thursday night. Thursday night means one thing. It is time. It is time for some Doc Talk. We have a new esteemed panel of Jackson Kayak Anglers in the house tonight. Some you've seen before, some you have not. Some we're getting to know. Um, so with that being said, let's pick one of the let's pick one of the new ones to go first. Vicky. Introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and what kind of Jackson kayak you are paddling or pedaling this year. All right. Yeah. Ah. Vicki, I am from Texas. Do uh, a lot of the KBF state tournaments or the challenges. I actually pick up my Kusa FD Saturday, and I'm so excited to get it going, get it rigged awesome. up. That'll be a great boat. You'll yes, love it. Proceed, proceed. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, that's all right. I'm like, uh, that's really no, keep going. It's, yeah, just Texas. Coos FD coming. Yeah, Mister Jim, where? A little bit about your hey, health from, and what kind of Jackson you're pedaling? Okay, I'm Jim Ware. I'm uh, from Rome, Georgia, and uh, I I have a blue sky. 360 Pro, and I fell in love with doing these motorized tournaments. Um, I, it's, I can't imagine anything much more uh, roomy, stable, um, efficient for me. And um, I'm a little, getting older, and it's it's uh, it's super comfortable. So I, I have that. I also have a Yupik that I'll float local rivers around here with. And uh, I have a NAR. Uh, also, um, that I'll use in Hobie tournaments. Um, I, I fish a good many tournaments, um, mostly so far this year, Bassmaster, and then some uh, local stuff. As a matter of fact, Saturday we have a I'm fishing a tournament on my favorite local lake, um, or Georgia Lake, not just not local. But yeah, it's um, uh, as fish and like to travel, like to combine fishing trips with, you know, travel and uh, look for neat places out of the way, you know, family owned or whatever, hole in the wall, whatever you want to call it, uh, restaurants to eat at and just try to immerse in local culture while I'm there. We'll have to talk about them restaurants here, short order. Um, speaking yeah. of restaurants, the chef is in the house yes. tonight. One Mr. Lance McHorter. Tell us a little bit about you, where you hail from, and what kind of Jackson Kayak is behind you. Oh, hey, everybody. I am Lance McCorder. I am uh, the craziest member of the Jackson Kayak family. I am a chef, <laughs> uh, I'm a That's restaurant, bar way. owner, uh, soon to be a kayak shop owner, um, uh, opening up ETX Paddle Sports here in Tyler, Texas. I do the Bassmaster Kayak Series, just got home from the championship, uh, the Hobie Bass Open Series. Uh, any locals that I can get into. So I am always traveling, always going the last six weeks. I think I spent five of them on the road. Um, I have been uh, in a NAR FD uh, that I'm absolutely in love with. It's such a cool platform. But when I was up there in uh, Chickamauga for the Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship, I went up to Sparta and picked up this. So, uh, Brand new 23 Kusa X, and I've all got right. it in the lab here, and I am rigging it all out and uh, going to try and get it on the water this weekend. And it will be with me at uh, Lake Hartwell next week for the Bassmaster Kayak Series. So anybody wants to check it out, get with me. Very nice, very nice. Now, as you have met the esteemed panel, you guys know in the audience we've got uh, we've got the comments flowing. We can see all the comments as they come in. So you guys can also ask us questions. The guests can ask each other questions. We're just having a good old-fashioned talk about fishing. That's what we're here to do tonight. If we educate somebody about fishing, if somebody gets uneducated about fishing, we've done something. Um, we do have one question from the audience already from Camille. What part of Texas, and this came through when Vicki was introducing herself, so what part of Texas are you from? I'm North Texas. I'm north of Dallas, right Two miles from Lake Levon. So that's like, I'm out there pretty much every weekend when I can be. There you go. Very nice. 
we got these guys they comment so fast it's hard to keep up with them a lot of times. <laughs> right. Uh, so, everybody got planned. Vicky, what's what's your big plan? What are you what's your big move for 2023? What do you have in the hopper? I want to do more tournament type stuff. I I started with the the challenge series just to ease my way in. Um, so I think get really familiar with with tournaments, kayak, you know, the the fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then use 2023 as a, a jumping off for tournaments and that'll be good and that's a great way to introduce yourself to kayak fishing is the online stuff when you're kind of getting used to putting the fish on the board and stuff like that i mean you feel like that was a great stepping stone before you actually move into maybe some of the more live events yeah i think so because you know you have the whole month if you mess up a picture you're not you know, it's not that one day tournament, like, oh man, that, you know, but you do have more time to, to kind of fix it. And yeah, so it's been fun so far. I started in January. So let's see. I would agree with that. I, I think, I think that's a good way for anybody to start out and kind of get some of those anxieties of holding those fish on the board, just kind of figuring it out. And, you know, us early guys that had to do it, you know, back when we had to take pictures with our phones and write it down on a scorecard. And right. <laughs> Those were the good times, though. What right. they were? Yep, yep. That was so live judging, all that stuff. That was fun. It was, it was, and it was. I think the best part, Vicky, about you know getting out there and doing some of the lives is is you're going to meet that community of people that is in your area, and that'll be huge. You'll love it. There's a lot of good people sure. out there. And, yeah, you've and, got some great people in your oh, area, for sure. Duke and all the North Texas Kayak Championship people. We've got the uh, the new USA Bassin Trail that I'm TDing out here. So I know we've got some events that are going to be up your way and pretty close mm-hmm. by. Uh, there's some great lo- – I mean, North Texas, East Texas, all within that short little, you know, hour and a half, hour drive. I mean, you've got a lot of – there's a lot of people around. Or even if you just want to go out and go fishing and, and – uh, Get, get the pointers and i mean just get, just get practice with the board and the camera even when you're fun fishing you know that's a that's it that's a huge help yeah that sounds awesome yeah the the new usa bass and jk trail is it's definitely taken off pretty good you guys had mm-hmm. a pretty good turnout down in texas actually for your yeah first it year. was yeah it was great i mean we teamed up actually with speaking of duke and and north texas kayak championship we teamed up with them on uh on Eagle Mountain and Lake Worth, which are both two absolute crazy lakes. You know, I think it was a couple years ago. It was one of my first national tournaments. Uh, first one that I pulled a check in uh, was the day that it was, you know, 112, 110, and I think 109. Mm-hmm. Like it was the it was the biggest bags in in like the history of the of 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 the sport. I think it was you know Guillermo and. Uh, Matt Scotch and I think it was Jody or I think it was Jody Queen yeah but it was just mm-hmm. insane lake you know they uh but yeah we had a bunch of people show up um it was just a good time there was there, it was a little tough fishing it was a little thin it was kind of that post frontal but uh some people caught some great fish and uh we had some really cool trophies that got uh delivered out to them and uh, I mean we're looking forward to the next one it's going to be this weekend on Lake of the Pines Yep. And uh Vicky, if you've never been out in East Texas, man, you gotta let me know. You come on out and we'll put you on some great lakes. Uh, Lake of the Pines is out there by uh uh Avenger, kind of Jefferson, almost to the Louisiana border, but it's a beautiful lake, uh great fishery, absolutely huge fish. Um, we've got a bunch of people signed up already. It's we're we're kind of in a cold snap right now. Uh, oh, some, we hate it, that for you, Texans. Oh man, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just suffered through some of that Tennessee weather, you know, during the during the Bass Championship. You know, that was you know icing up guides and uh, you know forty that's, degrees and sitting in that's rain. Shorts all day. weather. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I'm in shorts, but I'm suffering. I'm definitely suffering. It's raining, but it looks like Saturday. It's going to start kind of a warming trend, so that ought to wake those fish up. Slight chance of showers, but nothing nothing crazy low wind so i think it's going to be a really good day i'm looking forward to seeing the results on that one yeah i've never been out there i'm 
all for it. It's awesome. If I mean, if you're just north of Dallas, I'm probably an hour and a half, two hours from you. So it's, you know, come out for the weekend and we'll hit some lakes in the middle or Lake Fork or, you know, something like that. Go, go catch some big ones. The uh, the Texas kayak community, the Texas Jackson kayak community has really grown quite well mm-hmm. over the last few years. Um, Dustin, um, Lance and others have done a really great job about bringing new lifeblood onto the team from Texas. And you guys, you guys do. Everybody's friends down there working events mm-hmm. and hanging out. Vicki, you're going to have the time of your life with these yeah. guys as, as the sure. noob. Yeah, we have a lot of fun after we get to your initial hazing period. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you what goes on there jim will tell yeah, you i was stationed in uh i was uh, go ahead I'm, i didn't know you proceed no i was gonna tell tell lance i was uh i was uh stationed at carswell air force base there on that lake worth right when it borders mm-hmm. that now it's def- that it's a national guard base all i ever did was fish off the bank and yeah. caught little ones and uh, when I when I saw that tournament, um, those guys turned in those big bags. I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, it was insane. But that it, was just, yeah, perfect recipe for big fish that day. It was just, it was, it was absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah. Now speaking yeah. of big fish, enough with you Texans. I want to talk and some to really Jim. good sticks too. I want to talk <laughs> to Jim about smallmouth. Yes, I love the smallmouth. The smallmouth. What? Okay. You, you're kind of roaming around there between between the Dale Hollow Lake and and everything south of there. Which which lake are you digging the uh-huh. best smallmouth fishing in that area? Um, in December, I, I love going to Dale Hollow. That's and I've only got it's like two spots, and they're all, all right. and when I go up there in December, they're there. Um, and. Yeah, that that lake's covered up with ro- old road beds and building foundations and and all that. And I, they're in about eighteen feet of water, and and uh, they they were just stacked up. This the last time um, I was up there. So. And they're a handful. Yeah, I, they- I like Del Hollow. I, there's uh, oh god, yeah, they they fight like crazy, and um, but yeah, the the uh, some of the Tennessee River tail races. Um, you know, at times it'll just get stupid, and everybody knows about Wilson Dam and Wheeler Dam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. go over and mess around over there some. Um, here in Georgia is Alabama bass. You know, that's largemouth, but yeah, um, Holland Reservoirs where I live up in North Georgia, and there's only there's three lakes that are in the Tennessee river drainage that had traditionally had smallmouth in them, but the, but the spots have pretty much, uh, pushed them out. Um, so we, we basically have a, we got a really good spotted bass fishery in, in the Northern part of the, the state, you know, Lake Lanier North, um, tournament Saturday is on Lake Burton. And it's supposed it's forty. I think it's, right now it's like eighty-two degrees. Nice weather today. Saturday it's going to be forty-five and pouring down rain. We have a Peach State Kayak Anglers tournament up on uh, Lake Burton, which is the home of the uh, state record spot here in Georgia. That was eighty mm-hmm. pound two ounces. Um, they stock trout in that lake, and it's just a recipe: blueback herring and trout, and it's small enough that you can cover it in a kayak um pretty pretty well it's like 1800 acres so it's not a big lake uh, but there's some gigantic spots and largemouth in the lake right on now so everybody obviously uh, has some uh, different kayaks in this group um jim you are the one you're kind of the champion of the blue sky right now why don't you tell folks at home some of the benefits that you're seeing <laughs> from the blue sky and what it has to offer that's made it says a special boat for you this year. Okay. Um, first off the high seat is, uh, it's basically a bass boat seat. You're, you're setting up, you're not cramped. You, you, you can move, you can twist around. Um, the deck is 
it's not as stable as a bass boat, but it's as stable as any small bass boat, you know, that I've been on. I can, I can easily walk around, kneel, pick a fish up, get around to the backside of the seat, uh, do whatever I need to on it. One thing with, with a traditional kayak that I've, I'll, I like to fish offshore. So spot lock or pinpoint GPS is, always intrigued me but i was afraid that if i put one of the uh, bow mount trolling motor on a traditional kayak that i would eventually lose the fish in my life on on the front because um, just about every big bass i've ever caught out of a regular kayak i'm you know the rods bent and and you just barely clear the the bow of the boat when it goes from one side to the other so I, I, I was always hesitant of spending the money on a bow mount trolling motor to put on that. With the blue sky, it's actually recessed a little bit behind the uh, pontoons, and it's no problem to stand up and fight a fish around the front. Matter of fact, I stand up probably 80% of the time, even in high winds, and fish uh, if I'm offshore. I can throw an A-rig. I can throw a big scrounger. I can throw big swim baits, heavy jig. I mean, you name it, double-hand casting. Uh, I don't have a, it's just been a huge benefit to me for the style of fishing that I like to do, which is offshore stuff. If, if, you know, I'll go where the fish are at, but if I can find something off the bank, I'm going to be out there. There you go. Um, it's not the fastest boat in the world, but it's, it makes up for it. And, uh, I've got, uh, I think it's a Yak, the Yakima Eat. I forget the name of the trailer I I have. It's the uh, it's not the anyway. It's um it's perfectly the boat fits perfect on there, and I can I actually push it off back into the water. I have I decked it with some plywood and carpet the trailer, mm -hmm. so the boat sits on on that. I walk the tongue out, slide the boat off into the water with a troll motor engaged, and I remote. <laughs> drive it over to the dock <laughs> go park put hit spotlight go drive go park and come back and hop on my boat and then i drive it back up to the trailer when i'm loading it and pull it on i mean it's it works wonders for me i hadn't given me any luck in tournaments yet i'm pretty i can catch them outside of a tournament i go to a tournament i'm a bomb but uh it'll uh, happen it'll happen you'll be back in your winning ways before too long i got a feeling mm -hmm. so talking yeah. about tournaments and boats and all that kind of fun stuff one of the conversations that we've never really had on doc talk and i'll let you guys kind of ask this to each other as well and kind of get technical with as many questions as you guys want to on each other let's talk about some fishing line what are you guys using? I mean, all these tournaments and different things and, you know, what's your, what's your ideal go-to setup rod reel line? Whoever wants to take it, take off. I, I'll have, uh, I run straight fluorocarbon, uh, 17 pound. If I, and one my jig rods got 20 on it and I haven't had a problem catching fish in clear water with that and matter of fact the lake i'm fishing saturday um is crystal clear and i can and i'll you know 15 to 17 dragging a jig i've caught i don't have a problem catching a fish up there and i'll drop shot i i have one 10 pound braid and i'll put a six pound uh drop shot leader uh fluoro leader on it sun lines what i've been using and uh power pro but um, and then fishing around grass, I fish straight great braid. Go to Florida, I load them up with straight braid, uh, heavy as I can get away. You know, sixty-five for punching and and uh, and then um, uh, forty for anything else. So I I don't I don't get too light on the line except for like drop shot. Very fair, very fair. What about the rest of you? Oh, Steve Carroll. Um, I kind of run. Quick question here, real quick. Steve, it is actually forty-eight inches. 
proceed back to said podcast. Sorry. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of, um, you know, I, I, the water I fish in varies so much traveling around. You know, you got that kind of dirty, full of wood to clear and rocks and whatever. So I kind of, I try to figure out how to keep as little amount of line on hand, you know, because you're driving around with your tackle store. So uh, I, I found myself kind of, kind of having more reels, you know, it's like I kind of bought a bunch of extra reels and, and I'll keep them spooled in different things. But I mean, workhorse is definitely, um, I've been using P line a lot lately, both their blue and their tactical fluorocarbons really good. Uh, workhorse is probably like 14, um, cranking all I've, uh, been messing around with like Sunlines uh, crank FC in 12 and 12 to 14. Um, trying to learn that offshore cranking thing. It's, it's a totally new thing to me. I'm trying to, trying to learn the offshore stuff so I can go out there and fish with Jim and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, flipping, you know, flipping around, uh, grass, you know, I, I usually flip with 50 pound, uh, fins, uh, pitch black wind tamer braid. It's really smooth, really tight line. Uh, it, it casts a mile. It's super tough. Um, you don't have to keep coloring it. Um, if I'm around wood, 20 pound, um, 20 pound fluoro. Uh, sometimes when I'm fishing Texas rigs, like when we were just out at Caddo, I'll do a braid to leader, you know, just so I can get a little bit tough, but I, but I have enough uh, uh, leader to keep me off the wood because that braid will bite down into the wood. Um, so I'll use uh, that uh, 50 or 30 pound braid to like 15 pound fluoro. Uh, spinning rods, I do 12 pound braid to usually 12 pound fluoro, uh, unless drop shots. And I'm just nice. I do a lot of braid. Um, I do some fluoro, but I, I'm really stuck on my 20 pound braid. I don't, I don't have a reason. I just love it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing moving baits, I don't have. Uh, I was saying, okay, I give Steve. a shout to Half Cent, uh, Jake, Jacob Penny, because when we were out doing one of the JK uh, events down there in Houston, uh, mm -hmm. he and I were having a cast uh, throwing frogs across. Like they had the little rental bay down there where they had the whole fleet of rental kayaks and. All the JK team was surrounded around the whole area, and uh, it was hot, and we were kind of, you know, restless a little bit in the middle of the day when everybody was actually out on the water. So, he... all right, question from the audience, Mr. Steve Carroll, back in the back in the comments. What is your go-to technique for power fishing to clear water? Clear water has always been difficult for me to dissect. Do you cover? <clears throat> what do you do to cover the most amount of water to eliminate unproductive water? Good question. That is a great question. Panel. I just keep going. When it like, comes to like these Highland reservoirs, you, right? We keep keep a bait in the water, but um, um, man, a, a ball head jig with a pat with a Kitek on it is deadly. And uh, it, the, where I fish at in these clear water lakes, um, I'll throw that thing all day. That and um, power fishing, a wobblehead jig, um, half ounce, three quarter, however, depending on how deep you're fishing, you can work that thing like a crankbait, um, mm -hmm. just maintaining contact with the bottom. And, and, and you can reel it pretty you know, the heavier you go, the faster you can reel it, depending on how how much, you know, how they're biting. But um, mainly a, a half or three quarters what I'm using. But I can cover a lot of water throwing a daggum uh, wobble head with a creature bait on it and a, and a paddle tail, a kayak on a quarter ounce or three eighths ounce ball head jig from Picasso Lures. <laughs> there you go. Anybody else? When I'm when I'm covering and kind of breaking down new lakes, it's, it's like I'm I'm kind of always on the on the Newport, uh, cover a lot of ground and go and try different areas, you know, and uh, different types of structure and 
Uh, I've yet to learn to convert like a good practice bite into a good tournament bite, but it's like uh, I'm learning. And the, the the biggest thing that I've learned is is, is to keep moving. I mean, just uh, you know, you you roll into an area and it looks so perfect and it looks so and it looks like you know I think that there should be a fish on every single thing in that little cut. You know, it's like. You need to stop and fish it like it's two hours left in the tournament. You're trying to break it down. Um, you know, Caddo, I, I covered 22 and a half miles one day. Um, with a K180, just, just cruising. You know, and I'd run to an area real fast and kind of pick apart a little bit, kind of figure it out, run to another one, uh, you know, try and figure it out, run to another one, you know, just kind of tried to to look on the look on the graph and look at the where went the and sample every little bit you know and then kind of keep tracks i start i started really uh um taking notes in the notepad on my phone like during practice sessions um and that's really helped a lot like because it's kind of like you roll into an area and you're like oh i remember i caught a fish here but what was i throwing was i throwing a crank was i throwing a plastic <laughs> you know so it's like i really started taking very and uh that that's really helped me uh kind of kind of kind of learn how to practice a little bit better i think for me to chime in on that i do a lot of especially at this time of year when everything in my area is starting to move towards the spawn i'm always looking to the north um here in indiana because that's that's like my area that's going to warm up first i look for rock i look for the channel and i look to the north because a lot of times those fish are going to migrate that way so once I do that, then I could kind of start picking out different points and different channel swings and, and things where I know that those fish are going to go. Then, they, you know, you're kind of getting on Google Earth looking for rocky bottoms, lots of stumps where you know that they're going to gravitate to to go spawn. And I think, you know, for me, that's kind of how I start my process of breaking down something new, especially if it's I know it's clear water. Um, a lot of times you can tell on Google Earth, you can see big rock, whatever. Um, you can find grassy patches, different things like that to, to get in there. But like Jim said, I mean, you just kind of cover, well, you both said you're just going to cover a lot of water really at the end of the day. I mean, you know, it's harder to find them grouped up sometimes on bodies of water like that, depending on you know, like Indiana, for example, we don't have like Tennessee river where you get flow we have big ponds, so to speak. So these fish will spread out more um, than they will on other bodies of water. So you may be flipping, you may catch one off this tree. You may catch one off another tree, 20 yards down the way. But um, you know, it's just, you keep moving, you keep throwing that crankbait, spinnerbait, chatterbait, wobblehead, uh, swim bait until you find that juicy spot. And, once you find it, you can kind of mark it, lock in on it if you got spot lock or whatever, and just kind of hammer down on it. Yeah, map study is huge too. Um, you know, just cutting down time. Um, I'm a map junkie anyway, but look, reading, you know, look at Navionics map on my phone and uh, the lake I'm going to, picking out, like you said, uh, you know, a saddle or. Uh, tapering point, knowing what they're doing that time of the year, uh, what the bait's possibly doing. They're going to, you know, put trying to put it all together before you get there. And then that I love it, you know, when you go and and they're they're where you thought they were going to be. That's like jackpot, you know. That's um, but map studying and cuts a huge portion of my uh, search time down something i have done if i'm going to somewhere very new and i know that i don't have time to practice much or i know that i'm a short window and i've never seen this body of water before i will pay for the fish brain app for a month usually get yeah. it free look for clusters um, a lot of times you can take that app, you can get out there. If you've never been there before, you can find clusters where people have caught fish and marked them. Then once you find that cluster, you can get on, like Jim said, Navionics or grab you a paper map or Google earth. And then you can view kind of what's in that. Right area. There you can, yeah. You can see those channel swings or if it's on a 
point, a long tapering point, or whatever it is, you can kind of dissect the two and two together. And you know by the amount of clusters and that structure on the map that you probably stand a pretty good chance of catching something if you head to that area. Right. Absolutely. Heck, Bassmaster, you know, you watch the elites on TV or the classic, and anybody says they don't do this, they're lying. They show you the the Google Earth of the lake, and here's where uh, Stetson Bennett's sitting at. I'm going to pull my map out, and I'm going to see what's he doing out. You know, what's why is he you know 200 yards offshore out there? And you know, there's you know, that's that's an easy, uh, not easy, but you know, you it'll get you close. You know, seeing those pros that that'll help you out. Well, it, and it's, uh, I mean, I think to, to double up on that is, uh, is, I mean, just spending a lot of time if you're going to fish tournaments or if you're, if you're going to invest in like a, a vacation to one of your bucket list lakes, like go to Gunnersville or something like that, for instance, you know, on YouTube, there's so much video, there's so much stuff that you can go through um, and just watch, just learn the history, like where are people repeatedly winning from, where are people repeatedly not, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a lot of us that are, uh, you know, new to, to tournament fishing. I mean, I've only been doing it three years, you know, so it's uh, you're going up against these people that have been fishing tournament for 10, 12, 15 years. So, um, so you got to you got to take every edge that you can get and really go on back and kind of searching through those videos and find a lot of weeks before i leave i mean i'll i'll be on on youtube sitting on the couch half the day you know just kind of sitting there just or yeah. whenever i'm working if i'm at the restaurant prepping or if i'm doing whatever i'll literally have my phone up and be watching you know uh ML, mlfs i think is, is is a really good one uh that i watch a lot um i kind of enjoy, i enjoy the format of bassmaster better but you know it's you can really watch in real time conditions as the day goes on, as changes, frontal, prefrontal, postfrontal, um, like watching them make those adjustments on the water and seeing like some of those key baits because they're not quite as uh, as stealthy with them as you know a lot of the Bassmaster guys are on you know day one, day two, you know they're kind of you know ducking baits like this and like kind of going you know so you can kind of really get a good idea of what they're doing you know because you get that catch to weigh to release so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that helps a lot, and um, it, it's just really anything that you can look at uh, to build your confidence and to build your familiarity, and kind of just get an. I mean, like Navionics uh, is great. Uh, Hummingbirds. Uh, yeah. Their, their their app was uh, fish. I don't remember what it was called. Fish Fish Smart or something like that. That app was incredible. You could go in and you could buy maps and. And the mapping was insane, but they discontinued it. I have no idea why. It's like all the maps that you've bought, you can keep, but you can't get any more new maps. But uh, yeah, just 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 really put in time. I mean, it's just uh, and 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 find those features and find those areas and just uh, find what other people have done and and then just go out there and 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 move between them. You know. I'm learning to look at the maps more. I have done a lot of the YouTube, like, like you said, I, I do watch. Okay. Well, this is what works. This seems to be the area that they're in. I have been doing the Google earth. Um, but the Navionics, that, uh, that's probably a good one to explore. The C map. Yeah. Find out for it. It's, it's got really good mapping in it. You can do, uh, Oh, one, one of the other things, uh, the Lawrence app, you can do it now. The Hummingbird, you could, uh, but you can go in there that that your uh, your pallet, and, mm-hmm. um, and then you can, uh, you know, just adjust. If going in there, you can adjust for the water level. You know, if it's down like Chickamauga was down like seven feet, you know, you can go in there and you can offset that and kind of keeps your color code the same. Right. But then, then when you ID, okay, they're biting and seven foot of water you know you can go in there and you can set your shading to you know six to eight feet and you can look at that whole band run around the lake and you can find those areas like as they relate like jim said 
to a key point or a saddle or whatever, or a creek bed or a road, you know, something like that. And you can go in and you can see where those depth levels meet up with it and, and, and kind of focus on those. Another yeah. quick thing I like about CMAP is the CMAP app. You can actually go in and get wind direction mm -hmm. um, for the day. So if you know, like Saturday, I'm planning on going out. I know I'm going to have an east wind. So it gives me a little bit of an option to play that. Wind. I can kind of plan in advance for the direction that the wind's going to blow. Mm -hmm. so that is one thing I do like about the CMAP. That's huge. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That's the, awesome. The, uh, the color coding, like at Gunnersville, we, um, we have a term, and uh, Bassmaster um, was over there, a kayak series. We, um, the first thing I did was see, saw where the grass cut, the depth, where the grass cut off. And I went back and I changed my depth shading to green from, I think it was 10, 10 foot in the, in the, you know, that, and, and, and boom, when you look at the map, you see where probably grass is everywhere on the lake, um, if they haven't sprayed, um, and and you can see these neat little points and and where channel bends butt right up next to a, a shallow a shallower grass flat, and uh, unfortunately, I found out late late in, on day two where some fish were, you know, and but anyway, it, it's a it's a huge tool that color color shading is. Okay, question from the audience from one Adam Frazier. Uh, what is your favorite smallmouth river fishing presentation, power fishing or finesse fishing or power fishing? Susquehanna River, uh, rolling fast. I mean, it's uh, it's so much fun. We did, we did the Hobie Bass Open Series there last year. I was in my Liska, which is retiring now to this guy, but... Uh, Man, I, I was running my Liska and I'd get right past where it would shallow up in like a little rock shoal and spin around and kind of get in that little eddy pocket and just throw, you know, just just start power fishing, either chatter baits or crank baits uh, right in the back of those little pockets. And just those susky smallmouth are so psychotic and strong and just uh, they're they're so much fun to catch. But that was a. That was my first time ever fishing river smallmouth, and that was – I cannot wait to go back up there for Bassmaster this year. Yeah. I, I haven't fished Susquehanna, but me, um, I, I don't even know the, the real name of the, the river or creek or whatever. It's up close to Sparta. I, me and Matt Cunningham has fished it a couple of times, and we call it Dead Armadillo Creek, and uh, there's some – there's some big old smallmouth in this thing. And uh, so I've had more fun on moving water minus uh, I've caught more smallmouth probably there than if you omit Tennessee River. Um, you know, if you get up in the riverine portions of Wheeler and Wilson, that it, it gets. I wouldn't even I don't say that's river fishing, but I'm. Um, but yeah, this down to Armadillo Creek and Sparta, Ten outside of Sparta, Tennessee, is pretty dang good. I think for me, I'd have to say to kind of answer, the, go back and answer uh, finesse or power fishing on the river. I I'm a mix. I like to catch yeah. the junk. Um, our river in Indiana, White River, where I fish a lot of times. Um, on my end of White River, we're flipping junk. Um, it's a little bit deeper stretch, uh, a lot more laydowns, a lot more stuff than what the guys up in Indianapolis have. So we'll, we'll flip a lot of, you know, we flip a Ned rig like it's a freaking, you know, brush hog or something. We'll do a lot of that kind of stuff. So, and then, you know, chatterbait, spinnerbait. How do you how do you yep. hate that on the river? I mean, there ain't nothing better than catching something like that. We lost Jim. Jim fell off. Jim. Um, bye, Jim. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think as far as techniques on the river, I, it's a mix. It's whatever they're hitting. If they want to bite a moving bait, heck yeah, that's even better. If they 
want to bite a finesse feature bait, then you got to throw it. I hate the net trick, but I throw it. Don't judge me. Come back. You're back. Lance is yeah, saying something, but I can't hear a word he's saying. I see his mouth moving. He's like, anybody else hear him? And, uh -uh. oh, no. It's a great conversation he's having with himself, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think um, he's saying? Comment in the captions below what you think Lance is saying right now. I don't even think he can if this guy If this guy orders a well-done steak one more time, I'll I'll go drop. What are you saying? Exactly. He can't, he can't hear us either. That's the beautiful thing. Like, he is still full go. He's going. Yeah. <laughs> still go. Uh, one of the comments just come in. Jim has great hair. What is your secret, Jim? <laughs> she she has great hair, too. It's genetic. She's That's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. We got wear hair. That's what what we call it. Wear hair. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I got, I got this poke, poking around the backside here. But yeah, um, <laughs> Steve is Steve's be, Steve's being hard on us tonight. He's heard a lot of people talking about the new Mark IV drive is faster than the previous drives. How much of a difference is it really? And why should I consider upgrading my older kayaks like the big rig FD to a new drive? I'm on the fence about upgrading. Has anyone done the swap and noticed the difference in the older boats? Yes. So yeah. I, I tested um, the Mark four in the by FD at the factory before the Mark four came out. And Jameson, and I actually did a speed test in the bite FD um, increased speed by depending on who was in the boat anywhere from a half mile an hour to a mile per hour and smoothness is night and day. That's what I will say. Anybody else wants to answer that? Go right ahead. I, I, I will second that. It's, it's quieter. It's smoother. And um, it's pretty, uh, the gnar I have is, I mean, I, I can get that sucker up or, you know, pushing five. I can't hold mm -hmm. it, but, uh, but it's fast, you know, and it's uh, and it's quicker, um, like from the hole, from because I had a I had a big rig FD, two of them, and and a Kusa FD, and uh, and and the NAR just is is faster than than those boats. Yeah, that is, yeah, it is the NAR is is the fastest boat we've produced by far um i have not put it in a big rig i would like to i'd like to see how fast it'll go um i yeah. don't know if it'll outrun the nar it does have a wider surface area so it sits higher in the water so i don't know if it would or not but it should scoot a, scoot yeah. a big rig along pretty well i would think i've i've got a buddy who has he, he had the big rig hd but mm -hmm. the new drive came out and and uh and he's just changed over it but he hadn't tried it out he, he just got it a couple months ago and uh works had a strap down but uh i i, I wait i can't wait I, i'll fish with him sooner or later and i'll get in his boat and try it out uh, and see you know and I what think, it's like i think jim you're a good person um to testify this you've been here with jackson since drive number one came out the door and right. the difference is monumental it is. It's. It is. That's perfect word to use. I think anybody that's interested in upgrading, if you've got an old drive and you've not felt the new drive, and this is not a sales pitch to anybody. And Steve, we know that you're on the team. Um, <laughs> I. It's not a sales pitch. I. Hands down, after trying it, I would buy the drive at 100% retail price today. It's that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. yep. Night and day, Jesse. Thanks. Hey, hey, Lance, are you there? Hey, Lance. Oh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we was, we was, right, cool. we yeah. was watching you have a great conversation with yourself, and we was like trying to get the oh, comments, God. trying to get everybody yeah, in the I, comments to caption it. I lost, uh, 
all audio, so I couldn't hear you. And, and it so was great. All right. Well, we're talking about the Mark Four drive. What do you got to say? Oh my God, Mark Four. Um, having uh, been through you know other iterations of the drive that you know I was never mad at. It's like uh, the Mark Four was just such a night and day. Uh, uh, difference, you know, it's like it, it was it was familiar, but it's just the performance of it was so it was such a step up. Like uh, Richard Penny brought out one of the NARS out to Gunnersville last year, and we went out and ran it around, and I put up a video on YouTube about it, and it's just that first push that I did on that pedal, you could feel that boat just, <laughs> yep, and uh, it's just it, it it is such a miraculous uh, change to to an arty you know, cool concept. It's like, it's like they finally just, the engineers at Jackson just finally just nailed it. You know, it's just, um, I, I took it to Florida this year for, for the Hobie Bass Open Series, which is pedal or paddle only. So, I mean, I was running it in grass, like, like thick grass and, uh, I ran it in eel grass, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's powerful. I mean, it's, it's one of those that you don't even need to, it's got enough power, like where they, they kicked up the, uh, the, the, the ratio, you know? So it's, it's like, uh, if you get some grass on the prop, if you just give it a quick, like kind of little back and forth, it clears itself, you know, cause you've got that mechanical advantage and it's just absolutely phenomenal. Good wording. Good wording. And the best comment that came in while you were talking to yourself was everybody gets free steaks <laughs> and beer at his restaurant. I don't know about that. I have expensive steaks, man. I'll, I'll give you some chips. <laughs> Free chips. All you can eat chips. They're all homemade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being with that, let's see. We've covered up. Up, up, up. Question weighs 104 pounds, 1.5 mile an hour, faster than his previous kayak, which was a little bit five, eight seven pounds. Marvel drives a rocket. Yes, we will agree. Certified. Um, so yeah, you guys got any questions for each other? We're here in the last 10 minutes. It's time, it's time for the griller section. Grill each other. Well, I will say that this will be my first pedal drive that I pick up on Saturday. And after hearing this, I'm super excited. Like I'm gonna go out on the water as soon as I pick it up. You're gonna love it. It is you're gonna, uh, you're gonna love it. Yeah. And then after then after that, I mean, one, once you get used to pedals and you get used to maneuvering the boat around, and then you really kind of dive into it, and then you get your first motor, then you're gonna go, oh my god, this is completely better. <laughs> the uh, you, you I, will, I, I love pedaling around. You'll you'll relearn boat boat positioning a little bit, Vicky. Absolutely. Um, you know, like when you first got your paddle, you you kind of have to learn to let the wind be your friend and use the wind as your trolling motor and steer with the paddle. Mm-hmm. you'll have some different drift and, and the pedal drives and doing some different things. And you'll eventually learn how to, how to pump it and hold yourself in a spot and yeah. utilize the steering. So there is a little bit of a learning curve when you switch to the pedal drive, but you'll love it. Nice. Yeah. You'll love it. I, I, I still use the, I still use the paddle a lot, you know, even, even in the NAR, it's such a big boat. Mine's, I mean, mine's rigged. It's got, you know, everything on it. Um, I mean, and I'll pull into it if it's a small spot or like if I'm in Caddo and I'm a bunch of trees or what have you. There we go. Now I'm going to drop the microphone. But, uh, technical difficulties. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, just uh, getting in there and and still being able to. And, and my, my point was going to be is, is that's what's great about Jackson's is they all paddle so well. Um, so even yeah. a huge boat like the NAR or a, a medium sized boat like the Kusa, it's like you're going to be able to get to where you're going fast um, and then, you know, stop, be real stealthy with that paddle and still be able to move such a big boat around with ease. And Vicky, I think you'll like how the Kusa FD paddles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually a really great paddling boat, just like the NAR. Like it, it scoots along just as well underneath the paddle power as it does the pedal power, which is really one of the most impressive things. Um, and you talk to a lot of, a lot of these guys after some time like the kusa fd to me is it's that great middle boat 
you know, like there's a lot of places on the river that I would take a Kusa FD that I would not take my bite FD. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, when you look at the bottom of the uh, Kusa FD, it's flat on the bottom, whereas the NAR and the bite have that little bit of a mm-hmm. fin for, for trackability that comes down. The Kusa FD doesn't have that. So you can run that dude like right across the top of the rocks, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it really is. And it's still like hands down one of my favorite, most fishy boats that I've owned. For sure, I love the cruiser. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have a, I would have another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I would give up my bite FD for a Kusa FD today if somebody called me and said, "I trade you." Okay, nice. Yeah, there's there's a reason that the that the Kusa platform has been around for as long as it has. You know, it's uh, it's just it's it's the boat, it's the all around boat, and it's yeah, mm-hmm. you're 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 gonna flip when you get into that thing. I, I mean, flip yeah, like. Uh, uh, in a good way, not in flip over into the water, but I mean, you're you're gonna just kind of, you're gonna you're gonna kind of freak out how cool that boat is. Really yeah, I'm is. really excited. Um, we had uh, one question. There it is. What is the roughest water slash weather um, experience <laughs> you have encountered? Speaking, speaking, of, speaking of pedaling, um. Uh, Man, uh, Hobie Bass Open Series last February, Toledo Bend. Um, all boat tournaments were canceled due to weather. We had 30 plus mile an hour winds. It was about, I want to say it was about 20 degrees, uh, 20 or 25. It was right around there. We had just come off of uh, Lake Fork breaking ice in the kayaks uh, a couple weeks before, which I thought was going to be the worst, but I'm. Um, make your play early before the waves and weather kicks up. So I ran about three miles. I was in my big rig FD with the uh, the previous uh, flex drive uh, pedaled. It was like th- probably three and a half miles. Ran out there real quick, wearing a full you know striker eye suit. Run out to this point and was uh, was fishing in about thirty feet, twenty five thirty feet of water. Um, and thought I'd beat the weather, and then the weather rolled in right as I was getting there, and it was three, three plus four, four plus foot rollers coming in out of the north, running all the way down that lake, and it was sketchy and it was scary, and it was kind of like when you get to fishing and you actually, you know, hook into one, it was kind of like you'd forget for a second, and and just being like Chad said, like like learning how to pump the pedals and move the boat and keep it into the waves while you're thinking over here and, and working a fish or that was scary, you know, but at the same time, it, it really taught me uh, that, that my, that my boat can handle just about anything that you throw at, it. you know, it's uh, I had a lot more confidence uh, after coming off the water. I mean, although it was, it was a miserably cold and just very tough condition day when I came off the water, I haven't been sketched out by a lot of things on the water since. So it's kind of one of those go out, be safe, uh, know your limitations, push them a little if you want to. But there were some people in uh, in some other boats that went over that day, you know, and that was uh, that was a bad day to go over. I'm I've been out when it's super cold and windy, but probably the roughest water was on on the Atlantic side, we, I'd launched from the beach. I'd went out about two miles and, and all of a sudden it just, there's waves. I mean, it, it just got rough and I was coming in and, and, uh, I mean, these things like, it felt like you're on top of the world. You'd get to come up and you'd go down and, and you'd surf down. I, mean, I didn't flip, but that was probably the sketchiest, uh, I had to pry the seat off of me when I got it, you know, <laughs> popped out. It was, it was pretty sketchy. Yeah. Um, especially worrying you're going to lose all your equipment, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was one flip. And, um, but yeah, that was pretty dang sketchy. I, I was, didn't look the weather that day and that's a rookie mistake. Uh, I won't ever make again. I think Barkley's the scariest place I've ever been when it's super windy. 
because it's so shallow through most of Lake Barkley. That place really gets up and rips. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's my come to Jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, man. I mean, it's like, it yeah, you, you get into those situations where you're kind of like either back up a little cut, like around a lot of uh, kind of like like seawall type of boat docks or, or something like that where you've got wind and then you've got like recreational boats um, and it's backing up against, you know, concrete seawalls or rock seawalls. And you just get that, like, like Jim said, it'll happen out in the ocean. You know, you'll get that kind of just bathtub chop where it's just, mm -hmm. it's coming from everywhere. Like there's no way to like yeah. kind of you know, put your tail washing in it. Or put your nose in it. Yeah, exactly. Washing machine. And it's just, it's everywhere and all of a sudden one will get you and kind of throw you kind of crooked and i, th I think the biggest thing when you're in, in water like that is to just um i mean one like uh if you guys watch youtube a lot jeff little you know uh, jeff little is a treasure to the kayaking industry and like he'll go he goes through videos of like going out when you get a new boat and really you know stripping it down going out with a paddle and, and you're in, in a in a solid pfd you know not an inflatable and go out there and learn the limits of it. Learn what it feels like. Learn how far you can take it. You know, like when he just did the video on the Kusa X, he leaned that boat so far over that water was running in over the gunnel. And and he still brought himself back up with the paddle. You know, it's just like learn, learning that that tipping point. And I think that's that's a lot of people don't spend enough time with their boats before they put everything on them and just go fishing. You know, it's it's right. uh, that'll help a lot. Yeah, Jeff is uh, actually trying to get Jeff lined up to do the Orion podcast here soon because I feel like he nice. would be an epic guest of Fantastic. Has anybody watched Je Jeff's fishing with Joe Biden video? Oh my God, no. You need to go no. back and. <laughs> it's a Joe Biden lure, yeah. number one, but the way he commentaried the whole YouTube video. If you have, if you're in that crowd and you have not watched that video, it is hands down amazing. That's awesome. He's got such a great sense of humor too. Like his delivery is just one of a kind. Let's see if I can find it here. Fishing uh, with Joe Biden. Um, I know it's on there. I'll find it here and drop it in the comments. <laughs> so why we're, why we're doing this, we're kind of getting close to this, uh, the last part of this podcast. So what I would like to do is go around the room. You guys thank the people that you need to thank and tell them where to find you on the socials. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank, I'm on the dugout fishing team down in Marietta, Georgia. And, um, also, they, they've got an exclusive color. There's other dealers in the country that have exclusive colors, but ours is black. So we've got a, a shipment of black Kusa X's and black NARS uh, available. I've, I've, yeah, and I personally own, back in, in the day, I've had a, uh, a black Big Rig and black Big Rig FD and a black FD Kusa. But, uh, and and I I love you know it's it's the coolest boat I ever had and um so uh, it's just super excited to see those come in down there and I can't wait to get a Kusa X I'm gonna have one as a riverboat rigged out with a Newport on the back and and but anyway dugout bait and tackle is a great bunch of people and uh, and and they're passionate and they all fish and if you stop in down there. They're they're gonna know right where you're coming from. If you're a new person, they they've got a pond. You can try out any boat they have, mm -hmm. and um, and then everybody there kayak fishes, and and uh, and usually if you're down there. One of us team members is gonna be hanging out. You know, it's kind of like a barber shop um, among not just kayak fishermen, but the whole the whole uh, community around that area. Uh, right. Picasso Lures. Um, has, has been good to me for years. Uh, Shimano G Loomis. Um, you can find me on um, Facebook, Jim Ware. Uh, my, I have a YouTube page, River Goat Kayak Adventures, and um, I'm 
I got a two week vacation coming up in a week and I'm headed down to Florida. Hopefully I'll get a lot of content. I'll be writing about it and I'll have some videos and, um, yeah, that, that's it. And I'll post a little bit on Instagram and, and some on, I do a stupid TikTok every now and then, but <laughs> they're um, great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't wait to go this trip in Florida. I'm on, I'm on a solo trip. I'm going down. Hopefully I can get on a peacock bass. I'm going to work my way north and, uh, hollered at Bart Schwab there, team member and, on uh, in St. Augustine, hopefully I, he'll have a free day. We can fish, re, relive a, a trip I did similar to this a few years ago, and he can fish a day or two with me. I'm going to hopefully stop by and see Miss Jean and just, just, um, and one of the coolest play. I, I, I read an article one time about Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner, and mm-hmm. he caught his personal best. 12 pound bass in a lake called Lake Delancey. And I don't know if there's even a fish in it anymore, but I'm going, I'm going to stop there and fish <laughs> and listen to Leonard Skinner while I'm fishing probably. And uh, just to say, I fished on the same lake as Ronnie Van Zant and where he's big bass. That's awesome. So, anyway, I can't wait. I'm, I'm pretty excited to go on this trip. That is awesome. What about you, Vicky? I want to thank you guys, um, Dustin, for sure, for giving me a chance to be with the, on the Jackson fishing team. Um, all the my followers, um, I go by the Adventures of General Hooligan on YouTube, Facebook, pretty much TikTok, all of them. Do put up a few videos on YouTube. Still learning how to edit, but um, yeah. It's been fun. I started doing them when I started doing the challenges, the KBF challenges. So that's mostly what I put up. Very nice. Very nice. Well, to you folks at home, we'd like to thank you for watching. We'd like to thank you for being here. We'd like to thank you for hanging out in the comments tonight. Unfortunately, I can't find the video that I was wanting to share with everybody (laughs) in the comments, but I will find it eventually. Um, so with that being said, we will see you on the next one. The next Doc Talk coming at you live on the 20th of this month. Sounds like we're going to have a bunch of Canadians on here. So we'll get the Canadian goose sound out and it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, with that, we appreciate you watching. Check out all the new accessories and the kayaks at jacksonkayak.com. Pick yourself up an Orion cooler, a bunch of swag. We got swag. Pick up the merch. As we were saying last yeah. night, over and over, pick up the merch. Mm-hmm. Um, bow so, hatches bow are hats. coming. Yep, hatch bins, uh, multi box, triple rod stagers, blah blah blah. We got all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and merch. We got hats. Limited edition Chad Brock sun visors are coming. Uh, <laughs> probably not. I'm Is it like? Is it like these? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got uh, we got hats, we got shirts in stock right now. Um, big shout out to Z Pro Lithium Batteries uh, for all they're doing, helping us out here with the Orion podcast as well. Uh, Basco Fishing, uh, BascoFishing.com. Pick you up some swag. They got some autism awareness swag out right now. Pretty fresh stuff. So check them out, BascoFishing.com. And we will see you. Let, let me give you a real quick on the uh, on the autism awareness thing. Yes. Um, just because that re- that rang the bell um, last year, Missile Bates, who's one of my sponsors, uh, John Cruz, uh, he auctioned off a really cool deep diving crankbait that's painted with a puzzle pattern. It's just a handmade, really cool custom piece on a log and a little display case. Uh, I won that in the auction last year, so I'm teaming up this this year with uh with brandon mays who's that bass fishing dude who's the tallest bass fisherman in the world um and we're we're working on a couple of new little angles where we can try and raise some money for autism awareness this coming month um so uh if you guys are interested in that hit me up uh, and keep an eye on my pages and we're gonna have some really cool uh like raffles and auctions coming up for autism awareness so light it up blue there you go. There you have it. And as uh, Michael Hayes says, good night, everybody. Good night, Michael Hayes. Big buddy. <laughs>